Now introducing the Minor Wisdom Trio! Minor Wisdom! So this week I've got Cameron Griffiths. Uh, Cameron was a student in Katy uh, and was a, a, a product of Seven Lakes High School. Not one of my students. He wasn't one of mine. I did not teach him, but we had lots of interactions because of my friendship with Josh Hearson, who just celebrated his 40th, by the way, happy birthday. And Cameron and I just had uh, uh, a relationship built almost out of nothing, which I guess you could argue all relationships are built out of nothing, but uh, some just have a good start. And uh, he reached out to me when I asked for some people to come on the podcast and said, hey, would you be interested in having me on? And the thing is, is what we do as educators, uh, our, our sort of mission in life, our goal in life is to make sure that all students, not just the students that are in your classroom, but all students benefit from a solid education and go on to be successful, however they define success. And so far, so good with Cameron. And so I said, yeah, man, let's do it. Let's let's chat. And so this conversation's a little different than what I've had in the past with educators just because he's not an educator. He's a working professional that we just happen to have a common ground in our history, in our uh, sort of time with uh, education. And his is different than mine because he hasn't taught yet. Uh, so it's a fun chat and this was done a while ago. This is, I think the last of many interviews I did months ago. And so his life has changed a little bit. He updates people on Facebook. He's pretty good about doing that kind of in one chunk and, uh, he's moved on to the next project. So his, his summer gig, if you will, has ended where he was, uh, when I interviewed him and it was just a, you know, it was fun to catch up. You'll hear him sort of make fun of me, and uh, I won't spoil the interview if you listen to it, but uh, I did kind of leave an, uh, a, an, an imprint on how he feels judging should be done <laughs> at Texas Thespians. Anyway, uh, so it was kind of fun, but um, uh, I, I really enjoyed this chat with Cameron and hope you do too. Uh, moving on to the week's events. So I am back from Los Angeles. I'm a huge star. I did my first red carpet this week and probably my only red carpet I will ever do for a film called Bolivar, uh, like Bolivar Peninsula. So those of you familiar with the kind of Galveston area lands and stuff and, and Bolivar was wiped out back uh, oh, uh, I should know this, but it was wiped out over 10 years ago and lots of houses destroyed, if not all the houses. I mean, there's a very famous photo of Bolivar Peninsula right after hurricane fill in the blank. And it, it was just devastated. It was absolutely devastated. So it was a, it's a film called Bolivar. However, when I filmed it, the working title was Sunny, which is the name of one of the characters in the movie, and I won't spoil anything about the movie if you ever go out and see it. It does have a Houston premiere in October, I believe. But anyway, 
It was filmed by and written by and starring Nell Tier. And Nell was a graduate of HSPVA, my class, class of 2000, represent double O's. Anyway, um, she asked me if I knew anyone that could do sound for it. And I said, I sure do. I'll do it. I didn't know the first thing about film sound, really. Nell, if you're listening to this, then my apologies. But no, I knew a couple things, but I really just didn't know a whole lot. I had done a couple small films, short films, but not really sound. But I picked up on what people were doing. Not enough, apparently, because I have some funny stories from that that I can share later. But uh, it turned out to be a huge success, uh, not just for me personally, but also the movie itself has done very well on the independent scene, and it had its Hollywood premiere. And apparently, you do those types of things so that a, a, a production house picks it up or uh, you know some sort of, not a production house, but uh, those people that you know like just put the film in a movie theater, that kind of thing. So it's about an 80-minute film, so it's not very long, but it's a it's a great film. It's just something, it's just cool that I was a part of that and got to walk a red carpet and got to watch the film in some uh, massive theater, the Legion America Theater, which is on Hollywood Boulevard. It's just, it was just a lot of fun. So went there, I stayed with a really close friend that I have been friends with since 1993, I got to see some friends from HSPVA uh, that some I had not seen since uh, they left HSPVA. One is uh, doing well for herself. Of just it was just a whole lot of fun. I just a great forty-eight hours, and uh, now I'm back, back again, and that's it. You know, back ready to hit the ground running with doing TXCTA coming up in a couple weeks. I've got my master's program that started back up with A&M Commerce. I've got the UH adjunct gig. I've got my job at the John Cooper School. I've got everything happening, and it's a lot of fun, and I don't feel overwhelmed. I just feel very blessed that I'm able to do all this stuff. So that's it for me this week. Make sure you do register for TXCTA. I'd love to see you all out there. Early bird, quote-unquote, registration ends in a week. Uh, September 10th, I believe, is what it is. And then we just kind of get going. And and the vendor area, the exhibitor area is filling up. It's nice. It's almost completely full. So that's really fun because we want you to have lots of opportunities to make friends with people that are going to give you opportunities to make your students better. Have a great week, everyone. Next week... uh, I'm going to release the big tech talk that I had where we filmed it at uh, the Techland Houston studios. So that's going to be fun. So look forward to that. I hope everybody has a great week. Enjoy this, this chat with a former theater student at Seven Lakes High School, Cameron Griffiths. It is a unique chat. It is different for this podcast, but it is definitely one that you should listen to. Follow me on the Twitter. Maybe friend me on Facebook, leave a review, all that good stuff. All right. Have a good one. My name is Cameron Griffiths. Uh, I am uh, a creative sound and systems engineer and designer. I travel around doing designs for theatrical events, concerts, system designs for various venues and things like that. Um, I am originally from Southern California. I lived there for about 13 years. Uh, I was grew up really, really religious. And so going to church was a big 
part of everything um, and, you know, going to see the worship bands and all of that. And it was always something that kind of caught my eye was just how that was my exposure to, I guess, live music and how everything kind of hit you. And I, I didn't really realize it until a lot later in life that like that was my fascination. Um, it then fast forward to about third, fourth grade. We had this daily broadcast that would come out and it was done by the students supervised by an English teacher. And it was just as if someone turned the gain all the way up, just pushed the fate. It was peaking beyond what you couldn't understand anything. And I remember sitting there for two, three years, just thinking like, wow, this is horrible. Like there has to be a better way to do this. Um, until fifth grade, I got invited to be a part of that team that did the broadcast and I just gravitate. I don't remember exactly how gravitated straight towards the soundboard. And I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn or anything, but I would say, I think there was a night and day difference. I mean, it was just something that like now having the education of it and looking back is like, there was just some kind of natural instinct of game staging. And I don't understand how. But it was just like I understood that it was like you need to do this before you do that. It so um, that kind of got me into once I got into youth group at church, um, I started running this tiny little four channel soundboard. We ran an acoustic guitar, a vocal mic, and then I plugged an aux cable in from our computer that ran a project like ran in like PowerPoint, and. I thought I was the coolest shit walking into uh, youth group every day because or every week because it was like, ooh, I get to come and I get to work to work with the band and then I'm sitting back there kind of running the show. And I just felt like this kind of, dare I say, power um, on a four channel board. Um, oh, boy, has that feeling grown. And it, over time, we upgraded to a 16 channel um, analog console. And I remember looking at that like, oh there's a lot of knobs there um and someone the our worship leader took the time to sit there with me and explain once you understand a channel hi truck once you understand a channel strip um you understand all of them and you know it, it's the same thing across the board and you know once i had that understanding it was really easy to tackle as the bands got bigger and we started adding bass and drums and more singers um and then you know, eventually we moved to Texas. Um, I was playing football for the last about two years of my time in California. And I decided in that time I wanted to play football for UT. Um, mind you, I, I I think it's really important. The camera does not do this justice. I'm like 5'8", and I wanted to be a linebacker for UT. So let's just go mom for the support, you know, but... <sighs> I think that that dream might have just been one of those that was like, hmm, you might not get there, but I'll be there. She for wanted you. she wanted to move to Texas more than you. <laughs> I, you know, you know, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna give her the credit for supporting me so well, but you know, if if I really think about it, yeah. Um, so we ended up in Katie, and before I got to seven lakes um we I, I i moved into i went to beckendorf for the last eight uh the last six weeks um and by that time all of the courses for um all of the 
eighth graders going into freshman year, all of those courses have already been sent in. And I was getting the very bottom of the barrel, whatever was left. Um, and I was working with my counselor and I got everything filled in and I got stuck freshman year. I got stuck with this stupid elective. It was, I, it pissed. I was, I don't use this word often, but man, I, I was livid. Like I was so upset that I got stuck in this stupid theater tech theater one class. And I, I vividly Blake, I vividly remember sitting in the car with my mom look looked her in the eye and said i refuse to have a high school musical story and oh god did that bite me in my ass um so you know i uh i played for seven i played football for seven lakes up until sophomore year while also being in uh that's when i met hearson um and while being in hearson's tech one and tech two classes um, it wasn't, and in that time, I also found a church in Katy, um, started running soundboards for them. And that was my first introduction that and seven lakes were my first introductions to the digital world. Um, I was introduced to an X 32 at the, uh, church. And then we had a Soundcraft performer three, I think at, um, my high school. And so it was just both just it was a huge upgrade and it was just it was a wild change but i'm very grateful that i got that so young because just i'm in my time in the field and in in my short time in the field already a lot of the older sound dudes are having to retire because they refuse to learn digital i mean that may upset some people to hear but it's the honest truth and that's why a lot of younger people are coming up in these positions um, but anyways, so, you know, it finally got to the point where I couldn't do football and theater at the same time. And in this in this two year, two and a half year period. Um, I don't know what he I don't know what he saw. I don't know what he was thinking, but there was Hearson just kind of without me asking ever. It was just kind of something he took me under his wing you know, to the point where we were in the mentoring program, the keys mentoring program together. Um, and he was, I would just during our breaks for football, I would just go hang out with him in his office. And it, there was some just weird connection that I still just don't understand. It was just something that drew me to that theater hall. Um, and I remember the day that I decided that it was a, it was a conflict of periods. And then also being in the show after school, I had to be in practice. So I remember the day that I decided to quit football. Um, I, I left from, I, I went to my counselor, got my transfer note, had to have Hearson sign it. And he had a big old grin on his face when he did it. And then I had to walk all the way down to the athletics department and get my coach to sign it. And I, I'll never forget. He looked at me and he goes, if I sign this, I go, he goes, you are not allowed to come back. He goes, we don't want you back if you leave. And I told him, I was like, all right, see ya. And I was the first person in my class to like step away and go do something else. Um, I'm not going to get into it, but after I did it, my best friend, Ricky stepped away and went to culinary at Miller. And then my best friend Tavian stepped away and started doing what uh, 
I don't know what he started doing, to be honest. He did all kinds of things. But it was just like a, like a trickle effect of a bunch of people. And then that's how it just be that's that's how the varsity team ended up being the varsity team. Anyways, um he uh, you know, he just kind of allowed me to have these opportunities. And my sophomore year, he allowed me to be um the assistant sound designer for Music Man that we did. And realistically, I didn't do anything in the design process and the forefront. My our training came or my my time came when it was time to run the soundboard. And it was so funny. He had Kirsten had two of us on the soundboard and each of us were responsible for 16 channels each. And two people were mixing the show and we were giving each other notes as we did it. It's just really funny to look back now because if I had anyone try to do that to me now, I'd punch them. But um you know, it, that opportunity was just really eye-opening. I got to understand and see what the theater process was. And I got, got to look more, more than just the class period. I had already, for some weird reason, fallen in love with this class period. Um, but then I got to see the process and I got to see the, the bonds, the, the family that kind of comes with it. And, you know, I guess I should add, I'm from a single uh, mom household. My dad is still in the picture. You know, he tries his best. God bless him. But, you know, he, unfortunately, he didn't really have someone to model the whole thing after. I'm from a single mom household. Um, my dad still is in the picture. He didn't really have someone in his life to model what fathership looked like. Um, and as unfortunate as it was, throughout all of this time I've spoken about it's there was a lot of things that I had to face alone uh, that that a lot of times a dad would step in for um my mom worked a full job and I have a brother and a sister that she also looked care took care of so it's like you know there's I had to grow up very fast I really did my dad left first grade I want to say like first yeah like first grade when he started it's like I started noticing he wasn't around. Um, and so, you know, it, it, Hearson kind of filled a very big void that I don't think I actually even realized I needed um, to this day. I mean, he still plays, I, I contact him all the time. I mean, you know, he still plays a really big part of my career, um, but he gave me that opportunity and they just kind of continued to happen. Um, bringing me on as a pack tech, um, bringing me from that point on, I basically then got the, I forget what he calls it. I want to say sound designer, but I don't think, I think it's sound engineer is what he calls that position, but it just is the sound person for the productions. But from then on out, I mean, I was the sound person, um, regardless of what was going on. Um, it was just really cool to see. I didn't, and I didn't, I took, I'm going to be honest. There was things that I took advantage of at the time that I really probably shouldn't have, but it's like, I, I feel like there was a lot of leeway given. There was so much rope that he gave me. And I'm, I'm trying to find how, how to say this. It's more of like, he, he just gave me so much to work with. And just said, hey, dude, you know what you're doing. Go. But 
really he's still holding on from, but just so far away. If that metaphor makes any sense. Um, I get it. And I think that allowed me that instilled a confidence in me that I think I carry into every day right now, you know, and it, it's a, it's a, there's a very few amount of jobs of what I do. There's a lot of people that do what I do. There's even fewer jobs that are resident full time that you can make a career out of and you can support a family and you can live off of rather than just touring around and all that. And, and there's even more people qualified for that that have master's degrees and all of those things. And I work in a very, I'm very replaceable. And I know that, and I know that, um, and, it, and, and I'm, I think the confidence that he gave me all throughout that time has instilled confidence today for me to be able to walk into a room. You know, I just stepped off a contract at Dallas theater center as their head of audio and video um for eight months i was they needed an interim so they invited me out and i came out filled interim you know stepping off of that i think being able to walk into that room and be 23 years old um and work with designers that have i mean we just did sound of music was my last production with dallas theater center our set designer was beowulf uh i mean he just had I think it was two or three Tony nominations. I don't remember if he won. I don't think he won anything, but still, you know, he, ha he has won things in the past. And I mean, just people of that caliber, um, you know, Brian McDonald, um, he's the, he's just a God. Oh my gosh. If you ever get a chance to ever work or talk with that man, don't pass it up. I don't care if they're paying you five bucks an hour. <laughs> Anyways, uh, just uh, being able to walk into a room like that and say, Oh, you have, 23 years of experience on me like on top of what i have and i'm only 23 but yet i'm still sitting here at the same table with you because i'm a supervisor and you know being able to not be intimidated by that it's very hard very very hard to be 23 in the positions that i'm working in and not have imposter syndrome um and it's something that i battle with a lot it really is uh it's not that I'm treated badly, but it's, it's, I think it's a, it's a, I think the, the expectation gets lowered. If that makes any sense, like, like not, not yeah. really expectation gets lowered. It, it's, it's more of like what, yeah, I guess what they expect for me to produce, if yeah. that makes any sense. Yeah. yeah. I, um, and it kind of sucks because, you know, I have, I, I have some pretty decent credits and it's just, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be questioned by someone on my crew. That's 42 years old. That looks at me and is like, well, why are we doing things that way? Well, because I, because this is how I've planned it out for our week. And this is how we're going to get from A to B all the way to Z. And you're going to do it this way. And if you don't, I will find someone that does. And the look on, again, when I, 40 something year old men's faces when i say that to them i have to keep a straight face but on the inside it's just i just feel like dude they see right through me <laughs> like they just it's and it, and it really sucks because it's uh I, i've worked really hard to get here 
So it, it just really sucks to be treated almost in a, in a way of kind of like, oh, well, who, who let this kid in? Who, who let? So I don't know. That's something that I've, I've really had to deal with. And I think that's that might be the biggest thing that I have to deal with on a daily basis. And I think that's the biggest thing that I can thank Hearson for, really, if I ever had to, was just instilling that confidence in me to be able to be like, oh, no, I know what I'm doing. I've been in here before. I Hey, I've lit the pack on fire before. Hey, I've, you know, things, things like, you know, it's, uh, he, he's just given me a lot of leeway. And I, and I appreciate it because it's, it's kind of structured me into the independent sound designer I am now. I'm kind of like Batman. I work better alone. No. Um, but yeah, no. So that kind of, yeah. that kind of sums up all of high school. Um, I was planning with all of that, with everything that he did for me, everything that I got to do, everything I got to experience and fall in love with. I still by winter break of uh, senior year, I um, was still planning on moving back to California and going and working as a car sales, a car salesman with my dad and brother. Um, and I think Hearson, I, I don't think Hearson and I ever talked about it. And then he heard me talk about it at one point. And I, again, I didn't notice it at the time, but there was definitely a drive of like, Oh, hell no, you're not. Um, to the point where, you know, he encouraged me so much to apply to schools to, to get in and everything to the point Blake, he, he took a day off of school and got a substitute to teach his classes so that he could pick me up in his Prius. And he personally drove me to SFA for all of my auditions and my tour and everything like that. And then we got in and then drove me back Yeah, and like, he like that kind of confidence, like that kind of like, no, you're going to do this. I have never heard of another teacher doing that. I have, I, you know, I mean, I'm sure that's happened. I've just never heard of it. I don't know anyone that's had that opportunity presented to them. Um, you know, he, uh, I will, the one thing I will say is he did encourage me not to, it's not that he encouraged me not to, it was more, I don't think he wanted me to have my, I don't think he wanted me to face the disappointment of applying to Webster and then not making it because of my grades. It was all, it was all grades. I, again, I was planning to go be a car salesman. You know, I, that, that's what my grades looked like. And, um, there was something, there was just something in me that was, that was just like, just do it. What's the worst is going to happen. You already got told, I guess I should say I got, I, I didn't get into SFA. Um, I got a, I got a, damn near 75% ride. Like it would, it would have, it would have been a really nice ride from the theater department, but then the academic side didn't accept me. Um, we tried to appeal it. I, I, I retook SATs. I did everything I could. Um, you know, that professor, the sound design professor at uh, SFA actually traveled all the way down to Katie and came and saw uh, our production of big fish um, as you know, part of my audition of like, this is why you should bring me. Um, and according to Hearson, I mean, she even, when she found out that I got accepted into Webster, um, again, according to Hearson that talked to her after she like brought it up to the higher ups of like, Oh, well, apparently he wasn't good enough to go here, but 
look where he got into. Um, so, you know, the, the fact that he was willing to kind of really go to bat for me on a lot of those situations um, and really write I was about to bring up his recommendation letters. It's really funny. He gave me, he gave me three copies of, of recommendation letters and I only needed to use two. And I was cleaning out a box in my mom's garage a couple months ago. Um, and I found a letter that was addressed to whom it may concern and it was signed on the back on the seal, still fully sealed with his signature, unbroken, was his re um, uh, reference letter. So I still haven't even read it, but I have it. And I feel like that's, I don't know when I'll ever open it. I don't know if I want to, but I have it. And it. I, I, I someday I'll see what he wanted to say about me. And I'm sure, I'm sure it was nice, but it's kind of, it was kind of cool to come across that, you know, but I, I've also had the reason I, I, I say it must be nice. Is I've had when I got to Webster um, as well as some other jobs I've gotten, I've ha I've been told that I've had a pretty good recommendation from him. So um, as well as he, I think he told me if I remember correctly, he was bragging about how good his recommendation was to Webster for me. I think so. I don't know. I, I I think I remember him bragging about that. It seems like something he would brag about, but uh, um, you know, he uh, he really that that was also the year that he because the time that he really started punching me about you're going, you're doing this was Texas Thespians to the point where let me take this again. Let me take it. I I have to because I mean he just did so much. I mean take it a step further. He got the board to pay for my entire thespian Texas trip. And luckily I went out there and I got first place in my sound design out there. And um, I, I think I was like third in the state for fastest light hanging focus and all of that fun stuff. And then that got me invited out to nationals, international. Um, and uh I, that's, I actually won, I think it was like a $1,800, it was like a $2,500 scholarship, I think I won that um, that year. Um, what I didn't win that year. Yeah, here we go. Take a sip. What I didn't win that year <laughs> was first place in my sound design in what would have yeah. been in my, what I could have then claimed my international sound design. I could have had first place, but you know, the craziest thing happened. I prepared for months. I perfected this packet and I had no structure really to base it off of. I just kind of threw it together, which by the way, now mine is kind of what everyone else gets at that school, which is kind of funny. Um, and then I walked in to that fucking room and there you were. Yeah. There you were. There you were. Yeah. Um, right. And then I. And yeah. then, hey, thanks for coming on. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Fast forward, a couple days later, yeah. I get my results paper. Yeah, it's good stuff. I was. Dude, I was. An I got. I, I got. I had three papers. Right. I had three results, and I had. Mm -hmm. I had. I had a perfect score, and I flipped it over. Then I had a perfect score, 
Mm-hmm. I flipped it over. You didn't pay me enough. What fucking research do you want to see? <laughs> what research do you want to see? I, I, I still remember what you marked Are me that, down for. Well, you the remember. Is, is that, is that packet in your back pocket? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> it was in the... Dude, you don't... Oh, my God. Hey, the rant Pearson got after that one. The, the chip right here has gotten you in beautiful michigan right now anyway keep going anyways <laughs> about that I tommy too i haven't, I haven't <laughs> festered on that one either anyways uh you know that was that that was also the uh i don't know that was that was just a really cool cool experience and being able to go do all of those things and you know being able to i, I couldn't afford to do them otherwise uh, if he wouldn't have allowed me to do them um that got me into webster and that you know webster's ex- a private conservatory it's expensive um i found that out the hard way <laughs> and this is what hearson kind of encouraged me not to look at webster for was the grades as well as the financial i could only if i only could afford to go really one year so in that year i got to you know get all of the education i could i got to work with uh, the Rep Theater of St. Louis, Opera Theater of St. Louis. I got to work with St. Louis Stages. I got to work with the Grandel. I got to work with the Marcel. I got to work uh, around the, the Union Stagehands at the Fo- the Fox Theater. Um, I got to work with uh, St. St. Louis Shakes, and you know all these all these companies just in a small year, um, and get all of these connections. And and what I tell people all the time is like they ask me, oh well, what do you do? uh what, like what what do you do why do you travel so much and you know i jokingly tell a lot of people oh well i network i'm a networker if webster taught me anything in that one year because of just so much rotation so many new people so many new venues here 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 three venues a day so, so you know it i make it sound like it, it, it was a, a, a an issue but it was just it was so cool and such an awesome experience and something you really only can get at webster i think i mean i can't speak for other places but i think webster is really special in what st louis has as an arts community um and that year taught me oh that's a whole half of my job is I have to be able to network. I have to be able to talk. I have to be able to not look like a jackass. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, that's been really cool because it's, it's constantly working with one company. Someone has then come up to me and be like, Hey, well, what are you doing after this? Oh, I don't have anything coming up. You know, I'm just in school here in Webster. I'm local. Um, oh, hey, well, here, contact this person. We need this. We need someone for this. And then you go to that and it's the same thing. And then it's the same thing. And it's the same thing. Um, you know, in my what would have been my sophomore year of um, college, I got nominated for the uh, the St. Louis does like their own theater awards and everything like that. Uh, mine and my business partner, Sasha's um, sound design got nominated for something so that was really cool but um that's what that you know what that's what that freshman year really gave me was my business partner sasha gonzalez oh dude i have never in my life worked so well with somebody i mean i'm talking like this is a i mean we have a 
Maverick Goose just connection. I mean, it. We read each other's minds. We 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 understand. I mean, we've been through so much together. I mean, whether it's just like just misadventures on the road, we've done anything from being stuck in the snow, having in my in my little front wheel drive four banger being stuck in the snow and I'm having him under my car trying to like change my oil and like in the middle of like 4 a.m. or trying to get from Houston to St. Louis, but ends up in Memphis, Tennessee, because I took the wrong turn or just I we've also done jobs together. I mean, he came out to be my assistant head of audio um, at Dallas. He's actually still there finishing up his contract there. Um we've done i think we've done like six or seven designs together now including two of them at webster and we just kind of we just clicked and not to mention we also when we got there found out that we lived 40 minutes away from each other in houston so when we went home for break i would we would caravan together and i would drop them off in houston and then just hit the west park and drive all the way out to Katy. And then do the same thing to go back up. And so it's like the amount of road trips that he, he we've gone across the country a couple times together. So it's, it's a very special bond. We started our own production company over the, the pandemic and everything. We do mostly weddings and um, DJ gigs like that. We have a third partner as well that's in that. But anyways, all of that has just kind of led me to all kinds of different gigs. You know, I've been front of house engineer at uh, Tuacon Amphitheater out in Ivins, Utah. I've done both their outdoor 3,500 seat amphitheater as well as their indoor, I think it's like 400, 450 seat indoor theater. Um, I've been sound supervisor at multiple places at this point, which that's where the real, going back to a previous part of my conversation or my spiel, um, with the real the ageism dare i say that i have to kind of face a lot those are where those that really comes into play those supervising roles um i've been i've supervised at gulf shore playhouse out in naples florida i've done uh dallas theater center um in dallas um Wow, I'm forgetting one place. I'm forgetting the name of one place. But then the most recent, I actually just accepted. I haven't announced it anywhere. So I'll make this my big grand debut. Um, because for all the millions of listeners out there, I'm moving to Fayetteville, Arkansas. Oh. Um, I am now the sound no, it no, it's actually gorgeous. Yes. I don't know if that was a uh or no. No, no, no. That was just a oh. Yeah. Oh, like, okay. Like I a, thought that was a uh. I was yeah, like, yeah. It's no, gorgeous. No, no, no. Yeah. Um I am uh, the new sound supervisor um, out at Theater Squared in Fayetteville, Arkansas. So, um, you know, a lot of those were, this one actually really cool. Practically the entire company, including the owner, like the C, I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess he's much older. A good amount of them are within my, within a 10 year range of me. So it's like, you know, it's a lot of, I don't really feel that bad that much yeah. of it there. Um, but yeah, I mean, been in been worked worked in New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, California, Texas, Arkansas, Michigan, Illinois, Missouri, Missouri Florida. I was gonna say Missouri, yeah, yeah, yeah. Missouri, yeah. Missouri. Missouri. 
Um, yeah, misery in the winter. Yeah, misery in the winter. <laughs> yeah, um, that's kind of. And then I also I'm out here. I'm, I'm the resident sound designer out here as well. Yeah. Um. So I'm out each summer season. Um. And do their shows out here. Um. It is. I don't know if this is gonna be like. Oh yeah. There you go. Yeah. Oh, dude, there's my little four banger I was talking about. Yeah, next to this. Motorcycle there too. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, that's there's chunks missing, but I've been talking forever and I want more. Coffee. Sweet ride. Uh, so it's, it's um, I forgot to hit record, so I'm gonna need you to do all that again. Uh, just kidding. Dude, uh, <laughs> I'll see you later, man. Uh, we'll have to reschedule. Can this. we just cut cut the part out about international? festival so all right so i've got a if if that is cut out i'm gonna i'm gonna leave such a bad review on this i'm gonna go under a pseudo name yeah 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 gamron criffiths uh yeah yeah uh so you i wrote a couple things down um and just just from what you said uh number one towards the top you were talking about how you kind of felt this sense of power when you ran, uh, I guess, I, I don't know. I don't know if you'd call them concerts or what they were at your church. I guess they were, some of them were concerts, but, but you yeah. felt this sense of power. And, and, and I don't know if this is a question or not, but, uh, I understand what that feeling is, uh, when you're kind of in control of just what all these people are taking in and appreciating at the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it w- it was basically. I mean, it, we're talking, and we're talking 10, 15 people yeah. in in the audience. It's just a small little Wednesday night worship thing, but it was just like, yeah, yeah, I did this. Yeah, yeah. but you are the power of one, controlling the the ears of many. So yeah, 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 yeah I got that. Uh, so ha- what do you think your life would have been like if you hadn't gone to Seven Lakes? I mean. Do you, in in this in this hypothetical, do I move to Texas or do I stay in California? I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah, the two totally different paths, man. Yeah, because I mean, you mentioned being a car. You would go into car sales, uh, which I think, by the way, again, as um, educator to uh, someone that you you were never my student, but I always kind of messed with you when I would come to Seven Lakes or I'd see you or something like that, but. I think the car salesman thing says a lot, not that you wanted to be a car salesman, but the personality of a car salesman is charismatic and, um, you know, not all are sleazy. Uh, those are the used car salesmen, but, uh, my dad's a used car salesman. That's so sleazy, fucking funny. You just sleazy, said that. That's sleazy. That's asshole. so funny. But, you just said that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, anyway, I knew I'm actually really good friends with your dad, but, um, uh, he's, uh, you can come in now. Uh, he's on the, he's on three way. Uh, no, uh, you imagine dude, he'd be out, dude. He lives on a boat. You have no, you have no idea how funny the picture you just put in my head would be He's just out on his boat. Hey son, just dude, my, that my, man is crazy. My brother-in-law's a boat captain. So he, uh, he's, he lives on a boat too. But anyway, uh, I, the, the, but back to my point, <laughs> but the, the idea of you being a car salesman in a, in the most, um, kind way that I could say it makes a lot of sense to me because you you've always had charisma. You've never lacked the ability to chat with somebody, and you also 
and and yes, I'm gloating on you a little bit, but I can understand again as an educator, if I were in Hearson's shoes, um, then I could see what he probably saw in you, not necessarily your knowledge. He probably didn't right off the cuff. Maybe he did see the knowledge that you had, but he saw that the passion was there and saw that you were interested in doing it. So I think a lot of teachers would have probably uh, at least initially convinced you to stick around to do a production. I don't know if they would have encouraged you to go off to college to do it and, th- and all the other accoutrement yeah. that came with what Hearson did for you. But I do I do understand maybe what he initially kind of saw in your personality and your, your drive. Um, so yeah, good for you. Anyway, enough of that. Now, now that I've got two, I've got two questions, legit questions that you can actually answer. This has to do with the nerd side of sound. Uh, do you think learning the analog, uh, helped you learn digital or would you have rather just dove into digital world and, and learned beginning with digital does that make sense no yeah that makes total sense so you know this is one more thing that i'll credit hearson as well as a lot of the educators that that work at um that that work at webster and in a lot of really the stagehands and the the union guys um i have a very compared to a lot of people my age in the industry um I have a very old school way of looking at things. Um, and it's, uh, I forgot the question, dude. Let's go back to that question again. Well, no, the, 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 the analog, the an- analog oh, okay, teaching. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah. Answer again, answer yeah, again. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. I got distracted by birds while I was watching them eat. We can bread. hear the birds. They sound pretty. Can you hear them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it's I'm good. So sorry. No, that's okay, good. Great. It, but it, it, it adds the ambiance. This was my sound design. This was my sound design I brought to you today. Yeah. Usually I have to go in and post and add bird chirps and crickets, but, uh, now I don't have to do that. So thank you. But you won't hear crickets when I'm on. (laughs) No, no, you won't hear crickets. I I will keep talking. No. Uh, okay. But yeah, no, it, uh, I have a very old school way of looking at things, working with, you know, the old, the older stage hands and uh, with, the way Hearson does things and the way that uh, I, I got to work with Peter Sargent um, a lot. Uh, he was our dean and everything. So a lot of those old school values kind of come back to me. And with my, how I view it is like, I think everyone should have to start on an analog. Uh, you know, even if it's, even if it is those four little six, eight, 12, 16 channels, Mackie's Yamaha's now that are even better. I mean, I think everyone needs to understand the fundamentals of what you're doing. I mean, you can get so lost in a digital console that you just can get overwhelmed. You know, I don't, I don't know how familiar you are with digital consoles at all, but you can go from something as simple as a Behringer X32 all the way up to, you know, uh, at, at, at DTC at Dallas Theater Center, I was using a Studer Vista 5 which is basically just a 2013 computer in a console box that needs two completely separate cores to run on two different locations. And then if you have an orchestra, a third, and then it's all just, it is the most complicated thing in the world. And there is no YouTube videos. There are no YouTube videos on how to use it at all. 
there is the couple thousand page manual that you can read. Um, and then there's the customer support that you can contact in Canada. Um, but there is no one else. So if you don't understand what you're doing at a fundamental level, going back to how talking in, in the third grade in elementary school, I, for some reason, I didn't know what it was when I was doing it, but I understood game staging. I understood that you don't just turn the knobs up. I understand, well, you need to turn this up a little bit so that way you have control here and it's not too, that's something that I don't think a lot of people understand. I, I go into theater, I go into professional theaters and I look at their boards and I look at their setups like, what are you doing? Why is this this way? Well, this is just how we've always done it. Well, well you've always done it wrong. It, it, it's, it's crazy how many reputable theaters, how many big theaters just do things that are just crazy like that, that, I mean, they have people in that just don't even know what they're doing because they get thrown on these crazy intense consoles and they basically just understand, turn it up. And then, you know, they can't dive in, they can't write scenes. They can't, they can't make actor libraries. They can't do all of these fancy things that these fancy boards can do because they just don't even understand the fundamentals of what the board's doing itself. They're just like, Oh, just turn it on. You know, um, my girlfriend where she's working, I mean, they're, that's exactly how they are. I mean, they don't, they don't have the most high tech gear or anything, but I mean, they are just, they don't even, their sound person is their props person, mm. you know, one of those deals. And it's just like, and she's always texting me, well, why is this issue this? Well, can you help me with this? And I'll run it through a checklist and nine times out of 10, it's so solvable because it all starts back at, how did you set your console up? Yeah. What's happening? Um, so yeah, no, I think everyone should learn on a analog. You know, yeah. I think my the last couple of weeks of my senior year, Hearson let me bring out the Spirit Eight, which is a constant. Yeah, massive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that was we did that. Oh, it was so stupid. We didn't need that thing. Yeah. We ran. We ran. A, I think we ran a, a dance concert on it. Because I wanted to. Yeah. It was cool. Old school, man. Uh, so number one, you should make YouTube videos of boards that need YouTube video support because that's kind of the way of the world. And number two, don't scoff at me. Uh, I know what I'm talking about. I'm a huge deal, remember? And uh, number two, um, you, you know, you had a, you have a different. <clears throat> I guess you're your drive and passion is different than most when it comes to uh sound and technology and theater and such but as as an educator and being that mostly educators listen to this thing what is something that we could do that educators could do that theater directors could do for a kid that is showing interest in this and be able to keep that interest alive and burning and such so that they don't burn out or lose interest over the three, four years that they're in a program. What do you think is something that we could do? I might end it on that too. So, uh, you know, make it good, Cameron. Something to make them. So you, so just so I understand yeah. what you asking. So something, the, the part that I, I got hung up with is, is the burnt <laughs> out. What, what do you, what do you mean by like to keep them burnt out? There's, well, that's, no. a, that's, a, that's a whole yeah no no there. no I, yeah yeah i'm not talking to i'm not necessarily talking burnout was probably the wrong thing to say but you know if you if you have a 14 year old kid or 15 year old kid that is showing interest in doing something 
technologically based and typically that's either lights or sound, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what is something we can do so that, because there, there are not a lot of teachers out there, not a lot of theater teachers and theater directors that understand sound and lights, understand technology. There just aren't. Uh, even some of those tech theater teachers, they're like, I can build you whatever you want, but don't ask me to turn on the light board, uh, that kind of thing. So then a kid loses interest, not because they're not interested, but because they end up going a different path than they go the route that their teacher can do best with them. So they go the carpentry route or they go the costume route because their teacher knows that. What is yeah. it that, what is it that teachers that don't necessarily have that background, what is it that they could probably do to help a student continue on the path that they have shown interest in? I mean, I, th the first answer that comes to my mind is just not really the answer that, that I think is, is, is applicable. It is really just, I think, you know, I at least have a basic understanding. Yeah. I think is the first step. That's, a, that's a whole can of worms too, Cameron. So yeah, I know. And I've seen that's what I'm saying. I was like, I, it, it's a, you know, it, have a basic understanding and, you know, I think it, it it's, that that that's a tough question because I mean the the really big thing is just it's how 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 can you help if you don't know mm -hmm. you know um I guess the way to really approach it is just is really be damn dude I don't know yeah that, that it, it's it's tough just because sound is one of those things it's like we work with something you can't see yeah and you know it, it's if you don't understand it it's like well how do you how do you expect a kid to get excited if they come in freshman year and then they spend all four years doing the same basic shit? Yeah. You know, here's, I hate to keep bringing him up, but again, I just, I can't stress enough just how much I took from my four years in high school forward, just into my professional career. Yeah. It's just, he, he's a lighting, he's a lighting guy. So he had a basic understanding of what's of, of sound, you know, he, he, he took, he gave us packets and he, he under, he explained to us the outline of what sound is. And he gave us a basic little audacity project and, and, you know, fun stuff like that. But when I started really showing interest, there was only so much he could do. Um, and he, things that, and I hate to steal these from him and I hate to be like, well, well, he's doing it perfectly. Cause you know, I, I I'm still, I will say all of, all of these things. And then I'll also back it up with saying, there's a lot of things I wish I would have had um, knowledge wise um, all the way down to things that have literally gotten me made fun of in group chats because I've came out of high school doing it wrong, thinking I was doing it right. Um, you know, things like that, but he took advantage of what he had to offer. Um, he put me in contact with Charlie Woods. You know, he gave me that contact. Charlie, what, what, what Hearson is in lighting for a technical director, Charlie Woods is in sound. If for those of you that don't know, I mean, it, you know, it's, he gave me at least that contact and he then also just, he embraced my creativity, you know? I had been there for, I had seen what at that point, seven productions, I think by the time I was designing big fish, I'd seen seven productions from studio seven and every single one of them was just so basic. 
It was uh, other, um, you know, even the, even the couple that I had worked on were just so basic. And finally, you know, I just came into them and I was like, I want to put every single speaker we have everywhere, everywhere, anywhere. If you go in, if you go into seven lakes at any point, and if you walk to their booth and you look up above where like their slits are, where, where their lights are coming through, you'll see two little skinny poles on either side that sit perfectly over the booth. Those are just broomsticks covered with gaff that I hung speakers off of. Don't tell OSHA, but yeah, that was crazy. Those are hanging over our heads. Um, and so, you know, he just, he really embraced my creativity. And even though he didn't have the knowledge at some points, you know, I would come with him, come to him with questions. I would come to him with, with issues. He would help to the, his absolute best. But then it was really just kind of encouraging me to look into it. To well, have you have you have you Googled it? Have you looked into it? And I hate to I hate that that, that that's where we're at is just like oh well, have you Googled it? But if we're talking people that aren't super educated, I guess that's really where I'm leading this to is just you know Google is your friend and really encourage encourage students to, to do their own research, you know, um, give, give them when it comes to the sound portion of a class, give them more than just, Oh, put a couple cues in Q lab and hit go. Give them more than oh, record your voice, cut it three times and then fade it out. Find a cool project that, that embraces what sound is and what, whatever that I can't tell you just, Oh, well, this is something that would do that. That's really up to the person, but it's, you know, I can't get away from just be at least a little bit informed. And if that, if that information is, you know, somebody like here's a new woods. So he sent me to woods for things and I had that. Right. And so he, he at least gave me a crutch that he couldn't help himself. Um, you know, whether it's that, or if you're just, you know, if you go out and yourself and you get uh, Dante certified, you can get Dante certified up to level three. Now yeah. they just released. You can do up to level three online. You can do levels one and two for free. And I think you have to pay for three. Now I'm not three. I'm level two, but yeah, you can just do simple things like that. You can go get QSIS certified. You can go get, Oh, there's Blake and Santa. Oh, Did okay. I drop out? <laughs> no, no, you're here. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just my know. camera. Oh, got you. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I like this better anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I just, I really, I hate to make it so basic of just be informed, but that's really what all I can think of is, you know, there's not much you can do when you don't know. Right. And this is one of those, and this is just unfortunately one of those fields and I, people may disagree with it. And maybe, maybe there's other ideas that I'm just not thinking of at the moment, but you know, I, uh, yeah, just be a little, at least a little bit informed. Well, I'm going to get you out of here on this. Hold on. Ah, I see. I see. I see. Okay. Good, good. Good, good. Is that is that the uh, little whistle? No, no. That's that's I mean, this is the 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 best soundboard in all of podcasting. The it's it's the Rode Class A servo biased preamps Apex on board soundboard. Come on, buddy. I like that you said the entire name. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs>